Good morning and welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike and I am on my way to work. Got about a 40 minute ride and got you along to keep me company. Uh, <clears throat> some things have been going on course in the world and sometimes I try to talk about those um, but I don't know I'm kind of uh, gonna be starting a new chapter in my life uh, coming up in a couple weeks uh, and adding another <laughs> another part-time job to my already impressive list of part-time jobs uh, right now you may know that I'm a, I'm a small business owner, so I own an, an English language school. Uh, and I'm a, a half owner of a cafe as well. Uh, I'm also a freelance singer, soloist. Um, I also am a river rafting guide. cafe I've got a couple uh, part-time jobs one is the, the master roaster the coffee roaster uh, and I also uh, smoke meat for sandwiches that are served there it's a couple of jobs I do um, I am a <clears throat> church planter of sorts And now, I'm going to add voice teacher to that list. So I'm gonna be going to Tokyo maybe once a week uh, and teaching voice lessons at my daughter's school uh, part-time as an adjunct. Oh, yeah, I forgot I'm also, I also teach college. Yeah, I teach college. Uh, level English um, for English as a second language majors, I guess, Japanese students who are learning English. Yeah, I forgot that I teach college as well. There's probably a few other things I haven't mentioned, but I, uh, <coughs> keeps life interesting, keeps me uh, from getting bored. I, I suppose I'm one of these people that gets bored easy, but every day, nearly every day is very different story uh, and for example Mondays I, I teach at the college in the morning and then I teach at uh, a community center in the evening on Tuesdays I teach in the college in the morning but I teach at my home in the evening Wednesdays I'm totally uh, out of town that's today I'm on my way to a job that I have it's about 40 minutes away where I teach in a kindergarten all day long. And then on Thursdays, I have a class where I go back and teach in a different kindergarten. Uh, and Fridays will be devoted to voice uh, lessons in Tokyo uh, from now. Uh, and in the middle of all that, you know, we administer, uh, administrate, mostly my wife uh, administrates our English school. She is also a 
uh, English teacher, part-time English teacher at, at uh, several different places, including our English school, um, a elementary school, a public elementary school. Uh, she teaches at uh, kindergarten as well, uh, and in our home as well. So we're both kind of, uh, you know, every day is different. We're, we're not really nine to five type people. Um, or at least I'm not. I, I suppose Tomoko could work in that kind of environment, but it's never been something that has uh, appealed to me. Um, it's part of, you know, partly my personality type, I suppose. Uh, if you if you follow those kinds of things, I am an ENFP, uh, which basically means uh, I <laughs> don't like to sit still for very long. I guess. Yeah, we, we stay busy. I keep myself busy. Uh, wearing lots of different hats. You know, on top of all that, I'm also a, a son, brother, father, uh, husband uh, as well. And friend. Yeah, so my life's just a little bit uh, chaotic, but apparently that's just, the, that's just how we like it. But it works, you know, it, it works for me. Um, <clears throat> and I, I've been fortunate enough to have the um, uh, luxury of creating my schedule like that. Um, things have, have worked out well enough where I can do that. Uh, so... Yeah, some of these things that I make money at, or you, you might call hobbies. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so voice teacher. So I'm going to be going to Tokyo on Fridays, uh, which is where my daughter goes to high school. She's a freshman in this school. And I saw that they were short uh, voice teachers, and so I thought, why not? Let's, uh, let's do that. See how that goes. So, yeah, I'm a singer, smoker, roaster, rafter, teacher, preacher, <laughs> and maybe some other stuff too. Uh, but I've always had various interests. Uh, I, in high school, I tried several different sports, uh, none of which I lasted very long in. There were good, good and bad things about all of them, um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a quitter because I like, think I like when things are hard. It's probably the opposite. If something's not challenging me, uh, I, I may not stick with it. Uh, and of course, there are other factors in high school, but uh, anyway, yeah. That's uh, what's going on with me this week. Um, in the world, though, and, and I know there's a, a lot to be said against social media and things, but one thing social media does well, especially if it's a big uh, interface like Facebook, is that it, it kind of gives you an idea of what people are thinking about. And that's once you've really uh, spent some time getting your your friends list 
uh, honed in, for example, and things like that. But you really can see trends happening as as they come across your feed. Uh, if if you are uh, in tune to look that direction, and the big thing that I look at constantly is theology. Thus, this podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was very <clears throat> suspicious, shall we say, or skeptical about theology and theologians, uh, because I saw them as, as people who just thought big thoughts, but didn't really walk the Christian walk, you know, and I, I've really turned 180 and now I realize that they're, they're the guys out on the front lines doing the, the work, uh, the most important work maybe, which is learning who God is, right? Who is he? What is his character? Um, and so I've changed my mind about theology and I, I actually enjoy reading, uh, books on, on theology and, and on, uh, exegesis and, and hermeneutics uh, and especially Christology and how everything comes back to Christ and uh, yeah so one, one thing that's happening uh, across my feet of course it's because of uh, my own uh, the way that I'm bent I suppose uh, that I, I follow other people that may be bent a similar way or, or people that again, challenge me to think uh, in ways, uh, for whatever reason, I, I trust them or respect them. One guy is Jacob M. Wright, and I've been following him for a couple of years on Facebook, uh, and he, he he's a, a guy who is, as far as I can tell, a young guy, younger than me anyway, who's at the forefront of uh, holding religion and and those with religious power to account. Um, I suppose the best way I can say that <clears throat> he he's not shy on uh, um, pointing out uh, me, uh, mediocrity uh, in church groups and their their actions or their books or whatever. And one thing he, he said today, which confirmed kind of the direction I've been going, and I can't even tell you why this I've been going this direction, but it's something I've talked about in the podcast before. But he confirmed it using Scripture as at least a possibility. Uh, and that is that he says when Paul was at the, uh, is it the Areopolis or Acropolis? I can't remember. Uh, in, in Greece, in Athens, he was uh, at the, I think, the Areopolis or something. Anyway, he was there and he, he was speaking to a group of Greek philosophers, or maybe just Greek men, I don't remember exactly. Uh, but he begins to say these, uh, to quote something. And I suppose I always assumed, Lady Cersei. I was assumed that what he was quoting uh, was um, 
scripture somewhere, the Old Testament, I just assumed, uh, where he says, uh, um, he's taught, he's explaining to them about the unknown God which they worship. Uh, he's trying to introduce, in other words, Jesus to them. And he has these quotes, he says, uh, in him we, we move and walk and have, have our very being, uh, and there's, there's one more, and I can't remember uh, the quote. But apparently somebody's done the research and found out that these quotes were actually said of Zeus, that uh, Paul was up on the religious literature of Zeus worship, and that he was quoting their own scriptures to introduce them to the unknown God whom he says he know, he knows, right? Uh, and we know that that went pretty well. Like we know that they were receptive to what he said. Uh, and where Jacob started on this was he he talked about uh, he talked about Second uh, Timothy three sixteen, which is all scriptures inspired by God, or God breathed, right? Uh, and you know he had a couple points to make that are well known points. But then he, he made this one, if all scripture is inspired by God, and Paul in in scripture is quoting uh, pagan scripture, then is are those scriptures inspired by God? <laughs> um, and of course it comes down to your idea of inspiration. What does that mean? What does inspired by God mean? Right? What is the connotation there? <clears throat> Does it mean inspired in the way we think of it? Like almost encouraged? Um, where, where somebody, for example, sees uh, a great ba basketball player play basketball and now they want to be a basketball player too? You know, that's kind of how we see inspiration. Uh, but biblicists, biblicists see it much differently. They, they see it as... Uh, dictated by God, some of them, that God actually dictated every letter of every word of every page of scripture that was put down word for word exactly the way it was meant to be written, and that's how it is inspired, it actually um, goes from God's breath right onto the page kind of thing, through the hands of writing, I suppose. <laughs> Excuse me, a bit of a cold. Um, uh, so, when David quotes Paul, who is the same man who said all scripture is inspired by God, and now Paul is quoting uh, Greek religious scripture, uh, what do you do with that? Right? How, how do you how do you take that? So the question is, when Paul said this to Timothy, was he saying that universally all scripture, in other words, all holy writ or works uh, that are followed by religious groups um, and or worshipped by religious groups, uh, are all of them, are all of them inspired by God? Is that possible that God has inspired the the writing of all 
scripture. And what we know for sure, at least from the Christian viewpoint, is that not all scriptures contain 100% uh, Christian friendly, Christianity friendly um, words or passages. That many of them contradict um, not just not just who what we know Jesus to have said, but but who we know Jesus to be. Sorry, I'm sipping a little coffee here. Got a what the whistle? What the whistle? Um. <clears throat> so that's kind of a neat conundrum. I've never seen uh, that argument before. And it kind of totally goes into what we've been talking about, uh, which is, can we find evidence that Jesus inspired or was involved in the creating of other scripture? Right? Are we going to find evidence of truths that would pertain to Jesus in Buddhist writings, in Shinto writings, in, in the Quran, in the Book of Mormon, um, in the you know the book that the Sikhs read, and the you know the Hindu uh, holy works? Are we going to be able to find that that Jesus is a common thread in all Scripture, including the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, but not excluding all of these other ones? And for me, the argument kind of stems from the fact that uh, Jesus created everyone in his own image. And therefore, why couldn't it be possible that we would find evidence of him in other scriptures as well? Um, and because, you know, as I've stated before, I, I believe that you can't understand the Old Testament or the New Testament, or indeed the entire universe. You can't understand it fully without looking through the lens of Jesus. That Jesus is the key uh, by which we unlock the hidden knowledge in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the entire universe. So if that's the case, if you believe that to be true, then... Uh, you can also uh, quite easily go from there to other things that other humans have written. That, that Jesus has been present in his, uh, in his creation uh, for all time. And actually something I, I read in the book last night uh, that I've been reading on parables, which I've, I've spoken to you about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I read something that talks about that as well, you know. Of course, there's going to be evidence of Jesus everywhere. You know, an artwork, when an artwork surfaces uh, that people don't know, uh, that there is no clue, no no obvious clue to who painted it. If we're talking about paintings, for example. What the experts on that artist do is they look at the painting and they, they look at it up close and and maybe even scan it and and compare it to other known works of the artist to verify uh, 
or reject the piece of work as belonging to uh, the body of work of this artist. So, um, can't we do the same thing? Aren't, aren't there people who know the signature of God well enough to recognize him in the rest of his creation, right? Um, because I gotta say, I mean, most, I'd say Judeo-Christian uh, people, um, followers, I, I think they, they have an idea of Judeo-Christian exceptionalism uh, while rejecting anyone else as containing any kind of redeeming qualities, um, any kind of signature of their creator in the world. And the problem with this is, is that most of those people have never had a chance to accept Jesus. Uh, and historically, this is only more true, uh, that the, the number of people exposed to Jesus and Christianity in any kind of a true way is very low, right? And so, if you believe in this kind of exceptionalism, then you also believe that God is willing to uh, destroy uh, many people who never had a chance. Uh, and, and again, this is, this is why theology is important, the, because the theology comes along and they say things like, well, this is who God is. This is the character of God. Uh, and I think good theology talks about the character of Jesus, that, that God is most fully known in his son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is the, the full representative of the fullness of God. Right? It says, in him was the, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Uh, so the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. And therefore, we can, we can know a lot about the, the, the personality, the character of Jesus through the Gospels, for example. Right? Uh, we have a lot of information there. Uh, four full books. And then many other books written by people who walked with and knew Jesus, right? Uh, and so we, we can have a really good idea of the character of God as found in Jesus. Because let's face it, the Old Testament character of God is problematic at best. Uh, and, and downright troublesome and, you know, worst. I mean... Who is he? Is he the all-loving God, or is he the, the God who hates uh, hates these people or those people? Is he the God who who is the embodiment of love, as John says, or is he the God who commands his followers to kill babies? Um, so the Old Testament is not a good way to learn about the character of God. In fact, if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to recognize the character of God in the Old Testament. You'll recognize a lot of false information, misinformation, a lot of confusing um, character traits of God are given in the Old Testament, uh, and frankly it's because people just didn't understand God, uh, and I think they attributed uh, different actions uh, to God, which were actually done by evil, 
and so, you know, in trying to figure out where the fingerprint of Christ is in the world, uh, I think a lot of great things come of that type of search. A lot of good things. Uh, number one is that that Jesus, Jesus, his glory should shine brighter in our estimation. Um, that he has always been working everywhere, right? That the burden of of uh, the burden that maybe some of us have felt to take the gospel uh, to everyone who, who have been trying to do that, uh, our burden is suddenly lifted when we know well. Jesus has in fact been working everywhere, right? He's still the gospel, and he still uh, is is the only way to God. But but he has he has been um, present in every people uh, in the entire world for some time, uh, and and using Jesus as a key to unlock their knowledge uh, may go a, a, a very long way. To bringing the world together, right? To finding common ground <clears throat> in the world for for people who once believed in, in Judeo-Christian uh, exceptionalism now realizes that that Jesus uh, ha has always loved people in other places as well. Um, so, you know, I can see a lot of a lot of global reconciliation coming through uh, such a discovery as this. Um, and there are a lot of theologians that that back this up. One one of whom is C.S. Lewis. Uh, C.S. Lewis believed uh, that just as Jesus is the fulfillment of of Judaism and of, and of course Christianity. He's also the the fulfillment of paganism as well, right? He he believed this that Jesus fulfills all imperfect uh, man-made religions and structures, um, <clears throat> just as Christians need Jesus and the Jews need Jesus. Uh, and the Mormons need Jesus, and and uh, everyone needs Jesus. So do the Hindu, right? And he's available to them. Uh, so so do the Arabs, right? And all the followers of Islam. Um, so do the followers of Baha'ism. Followers of Sheikh uh, Sheikh. Uh, was it Sikh? Sikh, Sikhism is maybe what it's called. Sikhs and the Zoroastrians and the, you know, all of these religions that that we have so long um, bashed in a lot of ways um, might also be fulfilled through Christ um, in the same way that He fulfills us. Christians. And I know this is pretty it's a pretty big thought if you haven't if you haven't been thinking this direction um, 
it's kind of a scary thing and maybe it's not ready for mass consumption yet maybe the timing's not right um, and so if you are not ready to to embrace this possibility yet then yeah by all means uh, put it down for a time uh, you know file it in the back of your mind for a time when you're ready to, to chew on that possibility but uh, again though by Jesus being the fulfiller of all religions it again puts religion in his place and that includes Christianity <clears throat> puts things in a different perspective uh, a very different perspective and again for me the, the standard for these ideas of whether they might be true or not is is Jesus shining brighter and brighter is he, uh, is he becoming more and more uh, highly exalted because of this uh, discovery or you know or is somehow he becoming less important? Um, yeah, so I was glad to be able to talk with my friend Pat last week. I'll be releasing that podcast probably next week. So I'm kind of releasing right now a week to 10 days late uh, the podcast I've recorded for whatever reason I used to used to go ahead and just, if I had a couple stacked up, I'd just do them all at once. Um, but yeah, this kind of makes it a little more seasoned release, a little more consistent. And that way when I do get to times when maybe uh, I'm not able to record a podcast, I'll still have one that I can I can uh, bring out and uh, keep, keep the, the listening more consistent. So right now I think I'm trying to post on... Wednesday or Thursday nights, maybe Friday nights sometimes. I'll try to keep that up. And uh, yeah, I'm getting close to my destination. A little early as I have been recently, which is kind of nice. And look at there, I got over 300 kilometers and my gas light has not come on. It's about to come on, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, it's a overcast day, a little blue sky is trying to peek through the clouds at the margins a little bit, but probably going to be another rainy day. Been a lot of rain recently in Japan. And, uh, yeah, a little update on empty nesting. Tomoko and I are, at least now throughout the week, don't have our kids at home. Our daughter comes home on the weekends usually. Uh, with just her and me and, and her dad and our dog. <coughs> space, which is interesting, and Tomoko and I can now, you know, take off for dinner or go grab a movie or something like that when we when we feel the need. The other night we went to the uh, public bath. Um, one of the reasons is because our hot water heater is broken. <laughs> and so, the great thing about Japan is they have these public baths, and man, they're, they're like mini resorts. They're great. So yeah, we got to go out and do that. We'll probably go there again tonight. And uh, yeah, hopefully we're gonna get to know each other um, all over again. And uh, yeah, we'd love your prayers on that. I haven't always been the, the best husband to her, and 
I want to do better. Um, and I need, I do need help. So, um, yeah, well, I think I'll go ahead and uh, sign off. It's about 32 minutes is what this tells me, and that'll give us another podcast in the docket to be released in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, you guys are probably getting this in October. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later. If there's anything you'd like me to, to talk about, or uh, you know, to start uh, looking into, be glad to do that. Uh, I'm always looking for fresh ideas, uh, things to get into. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.